0: Welcome to Sprouts, Radio from the Grassroots, a weekly program that showcases radio production by independent community media. We bring local stories to a global audience, produced at different locations every week. I'm Ann Levine of WOMR in Provincetown, Massachusetts. And today, I'll be sharing a story from Ukraine 242, my weekly show about Russia's invasion of Ukraine, featuring key people on the ground in Ukraine and around the world. Our guest is Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson is an American photographer and reporter who is currently living in Ukraine. We asked him to visit First Volunteer Surgical Hospital near ivano Frankivsk in the Carpathian Mountains of Ukraine to report on their unique therapies that are focused on healing war traumas and restorative therapies for severely wounded soldiers. First Volunteer Surgical Hospital is situated near a farm where rescued horses and recovering soldiers all find respite from war traumas in a unique equine therapy program. Stanislav Onischuk, or Stas as he is known, the young Ukrainian hospital administrator who created First Volunteer Surgical Hospital the day after the invasion, joined forces with a young German entrepreneur and together they created the equine program discussed in this interview. The patients at FVSH are soldiers who've sustained extreme orthopedic injuries at the front. Many of these patients have lost limbs. Patrick Patterson, welcome to Ukraine 242. Thank you. You were in Ivano-Frankivsk recently. Thank you for sharing your experiences at this extraordinary hospital.
1: Yeah, as someone that has in a previous lifetime been in the medical field, this is just a unique hospital that's doing incredible things. They're not just treating the wound, they're they're treating mind, body, and soul. And they're preparing people to re-enter the world as humans, not just injured bodies from a war. So I think that that's where you start with First Surgical Hospital is that it's an institution that is being operated and run by some of the most amazing medical professionals that I've ever seen in my entire life. And just some of the most amazing human beings I've met in my entire life.
0: That's quite a statement. You said that First Volunteer Surgical Hospital is focused on returning people to society as whole humans. How are they doing that?
1: I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is there's no separation between I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, and you're the patient or you're the soldier. The kitchen is separate from the surgical hospital which is also the dormitory or where the rooms are where you sleep. And when you walk in that kitchen in the morning or in the evening, you're going to find a surgeon or a nurse or stas, the person that created this hospital, breaking bread with their patients, the soldiers that are defending them and their country. And that was a thought-out process that this hospital had And specifically Stas and some of the doctors who were there didn't want to separate themselves from the soldiers. They wanted to create a community where healing could happen and conversation could happen. And there's also the psychological care that's happening at First Surgical Hospital. And that's happening in a multitude of ways from from the arts, to music, to equestrian therapy, you know, animals sense things that we as humans don't understand or feel. And they quickly realized that how important it was to build a relationship with a local equestrian farm where they could bring soldiers to connect with these large animals and horses and baby goats and just being away from a facility was really incredible to see because that's where you start to understand that they're not just treating the patient's wounds. They're genuinely trying to rehabilitate this soldier as a human after what they've gone through because they weren't just injured. These are people who were doctors, lawyers, accountants, actors, restaurant workers, students that became instant soldiers and started killing people and started to understand that they were capable of doing these things. And while they are defending their country and their families, that doesn't matter. When you take another person's life or you see the people that you love around you taken from you, that creates an emotional impact that probably never truly heals. So creating a space that can let them know that they are being heard and that they have a place to be themselves, to heal through this process, is truly magnificent.
0: Can you tell us a bit about the area where this hospital is located?
1: The hospital sits outside of ivano Frankivsk. You can see the Carpathian Mountains in the background. It's a place where people are transitioning from one of the most violent uh, war zones from this entire war in Ukraine to instantly being in a place of serenity and sunrises and sunsets that you see the Carpathians. You can hear roosters crowing from a small village. The bees were starting to come out on my last trip and buzzing around and pollinating open fields. It's a place where people want to go. It's a place of solitude. It's nature.
0: Wow. I want to go and stay there. It sounds extraordinary. It's this unique
1: experience. And
0: then it's
1: accented by Ukrainian fighter jets flying in and landing in the Ivano Frankivsk area. There's an airport there that is a military airport where a lot of the aviation is flying to and from the front lines.
0: So it sounds like the war is in the background here. It certainly doesn't sound like the descriptions of explosions and carnage that we're used to seeing and hearing from Ukraine.
1: As long as you're in the country, Ukraine right now, you cannot escape the war. Air sirens still sound, even if you're in Ivano-Franckis area. You still may have a missile or a drone land in the area. Earlier, maybe six months ago, I spent time in the Transcarpathians and the Carpathians, and the air raid sirens still sounded there. Like, Even
0: in the mountains?
1: Oh. Even in the mountains. Missiles and drones can fly anywhere. I awoke many days with the air raid siren going off in the Transcarpathians. Fighter jets that you see flying above First Surgical Hospital above these open fields in the backdrop of the Carpathian Mountains, they're returning and going to the hottest spots in Ukraine right now. The same places that these soldiers are coming from. So What I would see is if we were with our barbecue, then you see flying Ukrainian jets above this area, then you could see these soldiers that they would just look up and no one would talk about these planes, but they were so loud and you could hear them. And I certainly wanted to speak about them, but I quickly realized that the soldiers really had nothing to say about them. They knew where they were going and they knew where they were returning from. I mean, going from the places that they were injured.
0: Are the patients all
1: soldiers at this point? The patients that are at the hospital, who are staying at the hospital, are all soldiers.
0: What's the length of stay that these
1: soldiers have here? A quick turnaround would be four to five weeks, and then I think a long stay would be three months.
0: Are they at liberty to get up in the morning to go outside? I mean, if they're able... A hundred percent. They can just go to the kitchen?
1: Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. The first trip there, we had a, a giant barbecue and they knew I was from the U.S. One of the soldiers came up to me and said, you have two choices. You can come put meat on these sticks to grill or you can take a gun and you can go fight. Which one do you choose? And I find myself sitting around this fire, and it was like any barbecue I've ever been to. Except I couldn't understand all the conversation, but I could understand enough. I brought chocolates, and I brought whiskey, and I brought a lot of things that I, I didn't know if that were acceptable or okay. And I remember Stas saying to them, Patrick has brought whiskey, and they asked, how many bottles? And he said, two. And they said, well, we need a ride to the store because we need to get more because there's too many people here. And when they said there was too many people here, it wasn't just the soldiers that were participating in this. There were soldiers, there were all the administrative staff from the hospital, doctors, nurses, people who support the hospital, who all showed up for this barbecue. And they just wanted to make sure that the people who were there, there could be some normalcy to it. And that was, for them, being able to pour a small glass of whiskey and and have a toast. And what was really interesting is that I was the only one that was allowed to pour the whiskey. Why? I don't know. Maybe because... You were um, given
0: an honor?
1: I was given an honor to pour. And I guess I have a heavy pour. And (laughs) um, it wasn't, not in a good way. They were like, oh... Uh boja, which means, oh, my God, like, me, 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 just a little less, a little less. Uh So it wasn't like getting drunk and drinking. It was more about just feeling normal, you know, when you're at a barbecue.
0: Patrick, uh, tell us about the horse farm. How far away is the horse farm and the equestrian program from the hospital?
1: I'd say it's probably about a 25-minute drive. And, you know, that little commute is... Through a little small village, it's woods and open fields, so it has this majestic backdrop of the, the mountain range. It's a nice drive. Your therapy starts from the moment you leave the hospital. And the horse farm, it's this magical space that you can see the soldiers understanding that they have this place that they can arrive at and have some respite. It's not only about connecting with the horses that are there and riding the horses, there's conversation circles that are created there there's a restaurant that is on the premises of this horse farm so we order coffee or tea and from that moment we sit inside next to a fireplace and people just talk about whatever you want to speak about and at some point the horses come out of their stables and they go into the walking area and the soldiers are invited from the log cabin setting to kind of join the horses. And at that point, those who are able to ride, they're climbing underneath the wooden fences and they're pulling themselves up with their arm strength to stand up next to this giant horse and they're pulling themselves up on it. There's like this sense of relief as they mount this horse and it's being walked around this outdoor arena you know, I think there's a sense of pride, right? Like somebody who's missing a limb, they're not asking for extra help. They're using crutches to uh, support themselves. And even the soldiers who aren't riding that are connecting with the horse when it comes back to the fence, when another soldier mounts the horse or gets off, they're petting the horse's nose and scratching their head. And there's just this sense of peace and calm. When I see it, I look at it and I'm like, wow, this is really great. Look how they're connecting with these animals. And then I quickly think about the contrast of the places that they just came from. They're literally coming from hell. They're coming from places where the sounds of artillery are nonstop. And for someone as myself who has been in an artillery attack, I know how scared I was during those experiences. And that's nothing compared to what these guys are experiencing. I have no words to really describe what they're doing there, except to say they're creating magic in this world of hell.
0: Does everyone from the hospital go to the horse farm, or are there some soldiers that choose not to visit? There are some soldiers that just
1: don't have an interest in it. I think for some who have gone through a lot of traumatic injuries and experiences, it may take a little bit more time to be motivated to do that. And for some, they're able to go do that right away. I think it depends on what kind of day you're having. I guess just like life in general, right? When you want to be involved in something or active in community, people can wake up in the morning and decide if they want to go do something that day. And what I've seen is that there's motivation from those who are able to be in a place to do those things, to try to get others to join them. I saw that in soldiers at a Philharmonic concert in Ivano-Frankies. There were four soldiers that and watched the whole performance, and some of the younger soldiers stayed for maybe half of the performance, and they were doing their videos for their social media that you know, were at Philharmonic. And that's the other thing. Maybe some of these soldiers are are from villages in rural Ukraine who've never been to a Philharmonic, and you could see these smiles on their faces. Unfortunately, you know, it was loud. And for some of these guys, it was too loud for them. But for some, and for the older soldiers that were there, you know, they stayed. Soldiers have the option to go to theater, to be involved in art classes that are coming to First Surgical Hospital. They are going on equestrian rides. They are going on guided hikes in the Carpathian Mountains during the winter, spring, fall, and summer. So all the seasons, they're still going to the mountains. When I say that there's a hospital in Ukraine during wartime that they're treating wounded soldiers, it's not just that they're treating their physical injuries. They are looking at this as I think every hospital in this world should look at medicine. Instead of just treating an injury and saying, let's get you out and get another patient in, they are looking at mind, body, and soul. When I was at the equestrian farm, there was a soldier that showed up that was from the same unit as a soldier that was at First Surgical Hospital. And they didn't know each other, but they were part of the same battalion. And they both were injured at different times. One soldier was being treated at a different place. And one soldier was being treated at First Surgical Hospital. And... The soldier that was being treated at First Surgical Hospital was like, man, you've got to just check yourself out of this place that you're at and just get to First Surgical Hospital, because what they're doing is so incredibly important and just amazing. So word spreads amongst soldiers who are being injured. Like, let's get you to First Surgical Hospital.
0: You're listening to Sprouts, radio from the grassroots, a weekly program bringing you local radio productions of global interest. This is Anne Levine from WOMR in Provincetown, Massachusetts. We are hearing from Patrick Patterson, reporting from Ukraine about the unique therapy modalities in use at First Volunteer Surgical Hospital. Patrick Patterson is an American photographer and reporter who is currently living in Ukraine. We asked him to visit First Volunteer Surgical Hospital near Ivano-Frankivsk to report on their unique therapies that are focused on healing war traumas. The patients at FVSH are all soldiers who've sustained extreme orthopedic injuries at the front. At first volunteers, the soldiers are given the opportunity to participate in all kinds of programs and excursions. The most popular therapy is the equine program. At a nearby stable and farm for rescued animals, the farm was set up by young German entrepreneur, Matthias Hoffner, right after Russia's invasion in February of 2022 Hopfner felt compelled to help Ukraine and was interested in animal rescue. Due to the war, thousands and thousands of animals have been injured, left homeless, and hungry. He purchased a farm near Ivano Frankivsk, which he renovated. Hopfner hired a team of local Ukrainians to care for animals and to maintain the grounds. Word of this haven spread very quickly, and people began bringing stranded animals to Ivano-Frankivsk. Stanislav Onischuk, the young Ukrainian hospital administrator who created First Volunteer Surgical Hospital the day after the invasion, joined forces with Matthias Hopfner, and together they created the equine program discussed in this interview. Soldiers are invited to groom and ride horses. There are also pastures where rescued barnyard animals, mainly goats and sheep, are free to roam during daylight, and the visitors are free to walk among them.
1: Soldiers aren't receiving this mind, body, soul care at other places. It's triage, treat, and
0: Rehabilitated sounds like
1: just like any other hospital, right? Like somebody comes in for a gunshot wound, it's triage, treat and discharge. Let's get another patient in here in another bed. And here they slow that process down. It's intake, it's triage. They know what's coming in. They have these relationships with battalion leaders on the front line and they know about first surgical hospital. And when one of their soldiers is injured, depending on the severity of the wound, if they're a stable patient, they will always suggest sending them to first surgical hospital just because of the experience. If it's a unstable patient, unfortunately, this isn't the hospital for it, which is okay.
0: It's a a big journey to get to Ivana keys from the front, right? by car
1: from Izum to Kyiv, it's about a eight-hour drive. And then from Kyiv to ivano frankivsk it's about a seven-hour drive. It's like a 14-hour car drive. And that's not, you know, some of these patients are coming by train. So they can't take the critical care patients. And that's not the hospital that they're set up for. They're doing specialized treatments from reattachment of nerves to people who have amputations and preparing their their limbs for prosthetics. prosthetics. And I think that from fingers and hands, right? Those are such surgical specialties. So when you look at a orthopedic surgeon, you know, they can specialize in, in backs or or hands or feet, like these different extremities. And these trauma surgeons that they have at first surgical hospital and some of these specialists They're doing things that extend far beyond their surgical abilities. So, for example, an anesthesiologist there, her services as an anesthesiologist aren't needed every single day for a surgery, but she still shows up. And she shows up with her newborn child, and she helps lead English classes, or she helps soldiers get dressed. She cleans. She wants to be there. I think one of the most amazing, cool things I've seen yet is she showed up to work as an anesthesiologist, and there were these soldiers who had just come back from Bakhmut, who one is missing a foot and part of the leg, others still have their hand, but I look at it and I know just from experience that I don't know if that hand's ever gonna work, but they're watching her daughter. Like how beautiful is that? These soldiers who are fighting for the protection of Ukraine are rocking a stroller back and forth with the daughter of the anesthesiologist who is performing these tasks. Like, when we talk about treating mind, body, and soul, and we talk about not separating ourselves as I'm the surgeon, I'm the doctor, I'm better than you are. And you open up the kitchen. And metaphorically, like the place where you break bread and you eat and you cook and you prepare food, that's the most intimate place that you can find, I think, anywhere in the world. And you allow everyone there. Everyone's welcome. And so the other fascinating thing about the first surgical hospital is that most of these doctors and physicians that are there are also displaced Ukrainians that just happen to be doctors. The anesthesiologist is from Ivano-Frankivsk. Her and her husband are both doctors. They worked in Lviv before the war, and they would commute back and forth. There's a psychologist and a family practitioner who are from Mariupol who are part of this hospital. They lost their community. They're now in Ivano-Frankivsk. A lot of these doctors and psychologists that are providing care are leaving places in the Donetsk region. And then there's a surgeon that is from Bucha. She lost her mom. Her mom and her father were leaving Bucha during the first days of the invasion, and she was on the phone with them trying to give them directions to get out of Bucha to friends in Kiev. And their car came under attack, and both her mom and her dad were, were injured in that attack. Her dad realized really quickly that his wife and that her mother was no longer living. And he left his wife and her mother in the car and crawled to safety to a home. And from there, the surgeon was able to coordinate her father getting out of Bucha and getting care. And she won't return to Bucha anymore.
0: Are there volunteers from outside who come in to help?
1: Certainly, but I think they're very selective on who they work with. Viet, who's from Prague, who's a paramedic, he's been doing numerous volunteer missions for First Surgical Hospital, bringing patients and supplies to the front lines and back. The war changes things every day, and you can't rely on your plan all the time. A soldier named Roman, who was there with his wife, visiting his friend Saz, the founder of First Surgical Hospital, both from Ivano-Franquis, both grew up together. They reunited, and I find myself sitting at a table eating lunch with with Saz Roman, who was a soldier in the Kharkiv region, and his wife. Roman invited me to join his unit on the front line, and uh, a week later, he was injured during artillery in the Kharkiv region, and Viet and I are standing outside of the railway station in Kiev, waiting for Roman, because Viet was going to transport him back to ivano I think what you can rely on is that the doctors and nurses and the administrative staff and volunteers at First Surgical Hospital understand what it means to be human and they understand the importance of treating mind, body, and soul.
0: It sounds like this should be a model for hospitals around the world. Absolutely. You know, I set in
1: on surgeries in this hospital. You did? Uh, I did, yes, yeah. And what First Surgical Hospital is doing right now is so incredible. It feels so great and should be the bar across all avenues of medicine.
0: Wow, it must be hard for them to leave. It's hard for
1: me to leave. And almost weekly, I think about wanting to go back there. I think about sitting next to the little creek that overlooks the mountains and seeing the first surgical hospital cat that is pouncing on mice and then sitting in a wheelchair next to a soldier. And a few minutes later, I, I think about the hard work and I think about the genuine care that everyone at First Surgical Hospital has. This is a an organization, a community, a medical facility, a temporary home that a man has created during wartime. And he's not only made it work and highly successful, He's setting the bar across all medical facilities, not just in Ukraine, but around the world, not just treating the wound or the injury and getting someone out and putting another person in the bed, treating the mind, body and soul, the importance of of healing, of psychological care, letting someone know that they see you as a person and as an equal. I see you as a human. I see you as a fellow Ukrainian. I see you as the soldier that is defending the country that's protecting me and my family and my children, my parents, my community, protecting me in this hospital.
0: Patrick Patterson, thank you for sharing your experiences at this extraordinary hospital. Are you planning to go back? I will always go back. Please stay in touch with us and stay safe. Thank you. That's it for Sprouts. You've been listening to Equine Therapy for Soldiers at Ukraine's First Volunteer Surgical Hospital, a story from the weekly show Ukraine 242. Our thanks to Patrick Patterson, the staff and patients at First Volunteer Surgical Hospital, and to Matthias Hopfner for permission to record on his horse farm. We've interviewed Stanislav Onischuk, who created First Volunteer, Surgical Hospital before on May 9th of 2022 and again on November 9th of 2022. Production assistance came from Ursula Rudenberg and Stephanie Schubert of the Pacifica Network. Recording by Michael Levine. The Sprouts theme music is Torpedoes on Tuesday by Poison Control Center. Sprouts is a weekly program produced in collaboration with community radio stations and independent producers across the globe. The program is coordinated and distributed by Pacifica Radio. If you or someone at your station has a radio production that you wish to showcase nationally on Sprouts, contact our air traffic controller, Ursula Rudenberg, at ursula at pacifica.org. I'm Anne Levine from WOMR in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Thank you for listening, and see you next week on Sprouts.